Listen, motivation is something that every single person struggles with. Mm -hmm. Um, There is no person on the planet who wakes up and is motivated every single day. To me, motivation is one, something you have to choose. And you, you just... You have to be stronger than your emotions. You have to Mm -hmm. understand that your emotions are very fleeting. That like wanting to snooze for 10 minutes or I'm too tired or I don't have enough time. I don't feel like it's going to be hard. Those are all fleeting emotions that will pass and you just got to be stronger than them. And you just always have to come back to your why. Why -hmm. why do you want to move your body? Like, why do you want to work out? Is it because you're just seeking to change something in you physically? If that's your motivation, that's that's not going to last. A dream can be anything, whether yours is to start a business, be in a healthy relationship, pursue your dream career, or to get right spiritually. Every week, the Dream Check podcast brings you tips, tricks, and real-life insight from people who are living their dreams to the fullest. I'm Nicole Ivanoff, an established international wedding photographer and wife. Like you, I have so many dreams, some of which I've lived out and others I'm still pursuing daily. I'm a girl from suburban Detroit who's made her way out to LA, and although I'm no guru, I have a heart to show you that if I or anyone who comes on this podcast can do it, so can you. Welcome to the show. Time to check in. What's up, friends, and welcome back for another episode of the Dream Check Podcast. I'm your host, Nicole Evenoff. Welcome to the show. If you've never listened before, today we have a very special guest. Her name is Lindsay Harrod, and uh, she's a fitness trainer here in LA who has built an amazing online business and community where she teaches workouts, offers daily motivation, and really just gives her community an opportunity to find self-love through it all. Today, we're going to talk about her own fitness journey and confidence journey, along with her top tips for staying consistent and remaining disciplined. She also gets super vulnerable sharing her most recent experience leaving a toxic relationship. She shares her biggest red flags to look for when dating. You guys do not want to miss it. Let's check in. Hey, girl. Hey, girl. How are you? <laughs> Fabulous. So happy to be recording this episode with you. I'm so happy to have you here. I know I, I briefly shared this as we were talking before we started recording, but the last couple episodes have been like highly around healthy green flags, all that kind of stuff around relationships. And I want to talk, you know, today about red flags, things like that. And so I'm super excited to switch it up a little bit and hear your story. Um, let's talk about just how you got into fitness. Fitness has been a part of my life, my entire life. So I was grew up an athlete. Um, I was a competitive swimmer for 13 years. And oh my gosh, I did not know that. Yes. Okay. And then when I graduated high school, went to college, I was actually kind of left uh, sports and I started modeling. And I modeled for about seven or eight years. That was what brought me up to L.A., And the modeling industry pretty much wreaked havoc on my Mm. self-esteem, my relationship with my body, just constantly being compared to other people. It was really challenging for me. So kudos to anyone who can survive in that industry because it is very, very tough. But it really ruined my relationship with myself and with my body and with fitness. I think I had all the wrong motives for going to the gym. It was just all trying to change physical attributes and... I kind of just woke up one morning and I was just like, I just, this is not what I want to do with my life. I think I have more to offer. And I was really passionate about people and connecting with people. And I always loved fitness. And so I kind of just wanted to fuse those two passions together. And I went on my own journey to 
kind of reframing and reshaping my mindset and my relationship with fitness and my body first. And then once I was able to do that, I was like, I know there's so many other people who are struggling with this and I want to be able to help them get there as well. And kind of just took my journey and decided to make a career out of it. That's amazing. And I love the community that you have built. I love the, um, what do you call them? Um, like the programs that you do where people are, what what would you call them? <laughs> Like the summer really. boot camp or, you know. Oh, like the challenges? Yes, the oh. challenges. I'm like, why can I not think of that word? I love when you share people's results and responses to it. Um, you shared one. I don't know if it was like the one of the most recent ones you did where people were like sharing their experience. And it was just so heartwarming how just getting into to fitness and you know, going after those goals can have a life-changing effect on someone. 100%. And like I said, I'm just, I'm very passionate about changing people's relationship with fitness and with their body. And I think that's really, I just think people think that your fitness journey is so physical. And to me, it's so mental. Mm -hmm. It is really a mental transformation first and foremost. And once you can pivot and change your mindset and make it about celebrating your body and everything that your body is capable of rather than it just being this like tedious chore that you have to get done every single day is really what starts to move the needle. And so many people have reached out to me and I get messages every single day from people just being like, thank you so much. I've never been stronger. I've never had Mm -hmm. a better relationship with myself. I don't feel intimidated by fitness. I don't dread it anymore. So yeah, it's a very, very fulfilling. So, okay, this is a question I ask every guest, but what is a dream that you have right now? So a dream that I have right now is to be on the cover of Shape Magazine. <gasps> I could see that happening. Yeah? We will manifest that. Let's manifest that. that. Yes. <laughs> and then we'll have you back on the podcast when that comes to life. Amazing. I can't wait. So if anyone's listening. <laughs> and you have connections, let us know. <laughs> okay, so let's dive more into fitness and confidence. Do you think that this journey of, you know, when you started your fitness journey, do you think that your confidence has been built Like, is it just like an everyday thing or is it I'm as confident as I am today, tomorrow, the next day? You know, I think I'm as confident today, tomorrow, as I am the next day um, because to me, it's not has nothing to do with what I look like physically. Mm. I think my confidence really comes from how I show up for myself, how I show up for others, the way I treat people. That's what makes me feel beautiful. And it's nothing really to do with what I look like. But there is so much confidence to be gained from fitness. I know we were kind of touching on this before the show started. There's so much confidence to be gained from fitness because when you are showing up for yourself every single day, you are building your confidence in yourself. Mm-hmm. And soon it just it just switches and you're like, okay, my confidence isn't coming from something physical anymore. It's literally coming from me showing up for myself. Mm-hmm. Do you think that in LA it's very tough because I feel like in LA people, it's all about appearance So do you ever find if you're training someone like they come in with their goal of being something physical and then they leave actually like with more mental confidence? Oh, I would say 99% of the time that's the case. You know, people reach out and they're just like, they have such specific goals too. Mm -hmm. It's just like, I want to get rid of my inner thigh fat. (laughs) Like, how can I tone my love handles? And I'm just like, oh man, we got a lot of work to do here. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, by the end, it's, it's there. They're so amped up and just like wanting to lift heavier and train Mm -hmm. harder. And it all just is about the feeling that they're getting by the end of their sessions, rather than just trying to like pinpoint and nitpick Mm -hmm. these little things about themselves. I will say, even in my experience, like you, Lindsay trained me a little (laughs) bit before my wedding. And I can't talk about this without laughing because I'm just the worst when it comes to discipline and consistency with my workouts. I feel like, which is most of the population, I 
don't enjoy it. And so it's really hard for me. Like, like you just said, I love how I feel after like mentally, my energy, my mood, I feel so much better after, but it's the process of like getting, getting started is the hardest part. Getting yourself up and out of bed is the hardest part. It's so hard. And my husband gets up every day at 6am and goes to the gym. And you would think it'd be easy because the person next to me is getting up and doing it. But I'm just like, can you be please be quiet and shut the door? (laughs) I'm going back to sleep. Leave me be. Leave me be. So what would you say? Do you think it's like the biggest advice you can give someone like myself, who just really struggles to get out of bed and actually yeah, like I follow mean, through. Listen, motivation is something that every single person struggles with. Mm-hmm. Um, there is no person on the planet who wakes up and is motivated every single day. To me, motivation is one, something you have to choose. And you you just, you have to be stronger than your emotions. You have to mm-hmm. understand that your emotions are very fleeting. That like wanting to snooze for 10 minutes or I'm too tired or I don't have enough time. I don't feel like it, it's going to be hard. Those are all fleeting emotions that will pass and you just got to be stronger than them. And you just always have to come back to your why. Why, mm-hmm. why do you want to move your body? Like, why do you want to work out? Is it because you're just seeking to change something in you physically? If that's your motivation, that's, that's not going to last. Mm-hmm. Um, but if your why is like, I want to be the best version of myself and I want to feel energized and I want to be healthy and happy and I want endorphins and I want to be less stressed and mm-hmm. I want to sleep better and all the things when you come back to your why, what it really is. And I t- ask people this all the time, like, why did you sign up for this class? You know, mm-hmm. when you're starting to get a little unmotivated halfway through and you're like, I'm tired, I want to quit. Like, why did you sign up? So I think just always coming back to your why and always just reminding yourself that you got to be stronger than your emotions. And really, what is that extra 10 minutes going to do when you hit the snooze button? I know it's a hard one. It's a hard one. We're all guilty of it. But like, really, what is that extra 10 minutes going to do? Where if you just were to get up and open the blinds and like brush your teeth, you'd be like, okay, I'm up now. Like, Sometimes if I have to pee before I go to bed, I don't because then when I wake up, I really have to go and it forces. How do you make it through the night? I just, I don't know. I guess I have a strong bladder. I good for you, really girl. have to pee when I, when I first, when my alarm goes off and then I'm like, okay, well, I, I have to get out of bed. Yeah. And like, that's sometimes my biggest motivator, which is so bad. You know what I think I need? I need a frame next to my bed that says, you're doing this to be my why. Like, yeah, your I why. Want, it, I want to be the best back, version of myself. It always comes back to your why. Like, mm-hmm. is the version of you that you want to be, what would she do in this moment? Mm-hmm. Would she hit snooze or would she just get up? You get up, yeah. you open the blinds, you need sunlight immediately. That's going to, like, keep that circadian rhythm going, mm-hmm. get you up, like, make your bed so that you don't climb back in it. It takes literally five minutes, not yeah. even, to make your bed. It's so like, good. You just, yeah, you just got to have those, like, that internal dialogue with yourself more often, you know? Mm-hmm. Get used to having those conversations with yourself. Like, is the woman the version of myself that I want to be? Mm-hmm. What would she do? What would her decision be in this moment? Yeah, it's such a mental game because... That's what I'm saying. It's all a mental journey. Yes, and I'm like, when I'm laying in bed, I'll be having a conversation with myself, like okay, Nicole, just get up. And then I like make all these, you know, I justify everything. Like if I'm not getting up, I'm like, I have a long day today. And I feel like, what would you say to someone who's constantly making excuses? I mean, that's most people. Most people are constantly making excuses. Um, Actually, I literally just created these worksheets for my upcoming challenge because it's called No Excuses November. And What are the odds? Exactly. (laughs) Uh, One column is literally write down all of your excuses. And in the second column is like, what is the solution to that excuse? So, and you're going to come up with a solution for every single one of your excuses. So next time that excuse pops into your brain, you know what the solution is already. So if you're saying I'm too tired, okay, you're going to go to sleep 30 minutes earlier, prioritize sleep so that you have energy Mm -hmm. to show up for your 
workout. If you're like, I don't have time, okay? What's the solution? How are you going to manage your time better mm-hmm. so that you can fit this in? It's a, such a small percentage of your day with so much reward. Like mm-hmm. the return on the investment is it's so good. Exactly. Write down your excuses. Grab mm-hmm. a journal, write your excuses down and write down what the solution would be. And do them doing having them do the same thing with negative thoughts. Negative mm-hmm. thoughts, what is the positive thought to combat it? You know, if it's like, this is hard, the workout's too mm-hmm. hard, I can't do it. Okay, well, the positive thought to that would be, I am going to show up and I'm going to mm-hmm. give my best. I'm going to be proud of where I'm at and I look forward to getting stronger. You know, someone once told me a something they researched about lies you tell yourself. Mm. So apparently your brain is most receptive to change early in the morning and late at night. Interesting. So if the lie you tell yourself every day is I'm not good enough, the truth would be I'm doing my best or I am good enough or I am worthy. So you take the truth in early in the morning and late at night, take, say it to yourself for a couple minutes and just say, I am worthy. I am good enough. Tell yourself the truth. After 30 days, the truth and the lie like are at the same level. And then after 60 days, the truth overpowers the lie and you'll start to believe the truth. Very interesting. I think it's just about getting people to commit to doing that for 60 days. Exactly. It's hard to get people to commit to doing the discipline. It's hard to get people to commit to five Mm -hmm. days. And I I think that the thing that's crazy is how fast, like you can start seeing results in four to eight weeks. Oh yeah. Think of how fast that goes by. Like I'll look back like, oh my gosh, literally Christmas is in a month. Yeah. I could have the results I want and literally, literally by then. Yes. Yeah. And it's so crazy. It's just the the mental process. I recently listened to an episode on the Skinny Confidential podcast and they had Ed Milet on the show and he said a quote, self-confidence is self-trust. The process of keeping the promises you make to yourself. And I thought that was so powerful. And you had shared that something that you say to your clients as well. Absolutely. I mean, people ask all the time, like, how do you build confidence? How do you build confidence? And everyone just associates it to something physical. Mm -hmm. Everyone associates confidence to something physical. And it's not. Like I said, when you keep your promises to yourself and you show up for yourself every single day, whatever that looks like, showing up for yourself to journal for five minutes, showing up to get out of bed on time Mm -hmm. and not hit the snooze button, show up for your workout, show up on a Sunday to meal prep your food, whatever it is, when you constantly keep the promises that you make to yourself, that is how you build your self-confidence, 100%. And and the physical aspect of it just kind of fades away. Mm -hmm. And that's so good because I feel like at fitness all ties in with self-love and I know yeah. that's something you you know you you help your community with because I think when you when you feel good it's a mental thing and I think that it's just so amazing because that's at the end of the day even for relationships which we're going to get into it all starts with self yeah and so if you're not confident with yourself and you can't show up for yourself how can you show up for your relationships yeah absolutely and you can't rely on people to show up and do it for you so good <laughs> so you had said before, like, there is no key to consistency. Like, what what would you say, though? What would you say is, if you could pinpoint one thing? Oh, I would say there's definitely keys to consistency. I would say there's no there's no key to just constantly feeling motivated. There's no it's, secret sauce. There's yes. no secret sauce. Yeah, you got to choose it. You got to choose it. You got to want it bad enough, right? Mm-hmm. Just like anything in life. And it's just funny because I feel like people will look at, like, their dream job, and they're so willing to go after it and be tenacious and, like, put in the hard work, but then not willing to do it when it comes to their health. Mm -hmm. Um, So it's like, you're, you're capable of it. You've shown yourself you're capable of it in other areas of your life. So Mm -hmm. you got to show yourself you're capable of it in this area as well. But like I said, it really just comes down to just being stronger than your emotions because consistency really is what's key when it comes to fitness. 
I am a very firm believer. You don't need to be extreme. Like you don't mm-hmm. need to go to the gym for two and a half hours a day. You don't need to be doing hours of cardio. You don't need to be depriving yourself of carbs and sugar and mm-hmm. all of the things. It's all about balance and it's all about consistency. Show up for yourself for 45 minutes a day. Some mm-hmm. days maybe you're going to go hard and some days it's going to be light movement, whatever you're feeling that day. But if you just show up consistently, mm-hmm. the results will follow. So if you're just starting and it's something you really struggle with, like, okay, I'm going to move my body for 30 minutes, three times this week. Mm. And then once you start to like, it's then it starts to become an addiction because you start to reap the benefits of it. You're like, wow, I feel really good after. Mm-hmm. I think I'm going to go for four days a week, or maybe I'm going to increase it to 40 minutes today, whatever it may be. Start small, attainable goals always. People always just think that they need to be all or nothing. That that guy, Ed Milet, also was saying that just moving your body can cure depression. Oh, absolutely. Like, he had talked about depression being a physicality, like it's near impossible to be for your body to be at a peak and for you to feel emotions of depression. Yeah. Walking to me is one of the most underrated forms of exercise to ever exist. I feel like people are like, it's just a walk. It's not burning enough calories. I ask people this all the time when I'm like, why are you guys not signing up, you know, for rec- active recovery classes? It's so mm-hmm. important in your fitness journey. And they're like, it's not burning any calories. And I'm like, ah, this is, this is where we got to change the mindset. It's not mm-hmm. about burning calories. You know, it's about how do you feel? It's a mental thing. It's a mental thing. My husband, Nico, loves walks. And I will say, I, I'm that person that's like, I don't feel like it. It's just a walk. Like, it's not, I don't. It's so underrated. I'm telling you. But it's when so I good do for it. the lymphatic system. It's, oh, it's for everything. You got to get some vitamin D. You got to get out of the house. You got to walk. You, you know gotta how walk. You got to get your me? steps in. Get those steps yeah. in. Oh my gosh. You know what's crazy? My mom actually did, she did that like 10,000 steps a day. Didn't change her diet did 10,000 steps a day for X amount of days, ended up losing like 20 or 30 pounds. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when I went to Europe, I was there for like two weeks. I was eating and drinking all the things. I did not exercise one time. I was like, I'm on vacation, I'm traveling, but I walked probably 10 to 20,000 steps a day and I literally lost weight. It's crazy. I was eating all the pasta, all the wine, everything. You know what Nico did, which is very smart in his part? The walk that he goes on that he loves, he has to pass a dog park where you have to walk through it. (laughs) So so he he was like, babe, but you can feed the squirrels. There's a dog park you can walk through. So I went on a walk with him recently and it was so much fun. I feel like, what is it, endorphins that were released as I'm like walking through this park, seeing all these puppies and I got to stop and play with the puppies. I'm like, wait, babe, you do this by yourself. You stop and play with the dogs that can get a little weird well and also too it's like it's it's such a good opportunity for yourself to just kind of really rest and tune out like throw your airpods in throw Mm -hmm. a podcast in and go for a walk you know don't even take your phone with you i dare you to not take your phone with you on your walk oh gosh i know you have to instagram that you went on a walk but (laughs) true um yeah i like i just it's really a great challenge go for a walk i guess you can't really listen to a podcast without your phone though yeah, maybe one day. <laughs> <laughs> one day in the far future. Yeah. Um, okay, so diving into relationship stuff, I recently shared on my Instagram about toxic relationships and just the outpour of responses was crazy. And I, you know, we talked about this before the show, but so many girls had messaged me saying their experience was so similar and just how alone they felt in the emotionally, verb- verbally, some even physically abusive relationships. And almost every girl said the same thing. I'm so glad I felt finally got the courage to leave. And what stood out to me was the word finally. 
I've been in toxic relationships. I feel like they're more common than we think, but we just feel so trapped and alone and embarrassed and ashamed to talk about them. And so people just end up feeling so alone in those situations. And I say all this to say you were one of the girls who messaged me um, about recently getting out of a, a toxic relationship. What was your experience with that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, a lot of this resonates with me and it, you know, hurts my heart so much to know that there's so many other people who are going through this because I can say for me personally, it was hands down one of the hardest things I've ever gone through. I've never really been in a relationship where that was so emotionally abusive like this before. And I think anyone who knows me would look at me and consider me such a strong person Mm -hmm. and be so surprised to hear this. Um, It was a surprise to me as well. I mean, when you messaged me, I like double checked who had just messaged me. I was like, wait, what? (laughs) Um, I didn't necessarily sign myself up for it. But long story short, I was in a relationship with somebody who was married. And I did not know the entire time that he was married. He was pretty much living a double life. And I had no idea. And even looking back still, I'm scratching my head trying to make sense of so much of it and trying and blaming myself because I'm like, why didn't I see any signs? Mm -hmm. But the thing is that when people are that good at manipulating and lying, they're that good at it. So Mm -hmm. they make it really hard for you to know that they're lying. You know, once I once I did find out, obviously, um, it was very easy to see that the web of lies was so big and it was just growing and growing and growing. And I just it was really hard because, you know, here I was what I thought was a very happy, reciprocal, healthy, committed relationship and so intimate with this person and close with this person and trusted this person. And then to just come to find out that I like pretty much didn't know him at all mm-hmm. was a really like invasive and kind of gross feeling that made me want to isolate myself. And I felt very embarrassed and very ashamed. And I also felt very embarrassed and very ashamed because even after I found out there was still parts of me that wanted to make it work with him because Mm -hmm. I was so invested in the relationship by the time that I found out it was all, it was all, it was very crazy. And I'm in therapy now and it's helping quite a bit, but Um, Yeah, it was really hard to get the courage to like finally cut this person out of my life. Mm -hmm. It was really hard. Thank you for sharing that. I know that's not easy. And I I want you to touch on, you know, the part where you thought he was someone else. So people who are very manipulative and we'll just call them what they are, a sociopath. It's really hard to see or notice red flags when they're really aren't any until there is one. Exactly. Like there's one and then then you start to be like, okay, wait, now that makes sense, that makes sense, that. Once you once you find one, mm-hmm. it's so easy to see the rest of them. And that's really what what happened for me. Once once I found out, I was like it just became like so blatantly obvious and I was like, "Oh my gosh." I mean, there was definitely some signs in the beginning and I questioned things and like me and my assistant would always be questioning things. And we were like, are we trying to convince ourselves that there's something wrong mm-hmm. with this guy? And we were like, no, he's a good guy. We're just making this all up in our head. But I really do believe that your gut feelings are guardian angels. And I ignored them for a while. And I made excuses for him for a long time. And I regret doing that because I definitely think there was something in my gut that was like telling me things, little things were off from the beginning. But yeah, I mean, he came across as such a loving and humble and sweet person. And Mm -hmm. we spent so much time together and we went on vacations together. And I mean, all the things we were in a full blown committed relationship. Um, And so I, I just was like, how does this make sense? Mm -hmm. You know, it's quite a, I'm like, can I curse? (laughs) 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 I don't even know what that other word would be, but uh, it's a mind fuck. (laughs) Yeah, it is. I think 
it's like, have you seen the movie Enough with J-Lo? Yeah, of course. I love that movie. I think it's like a situation like that where someone seems to be Prince Charming. Like they have the whole package. Yes. Life is great. You're so happy. You think you're in this like loving, committed relationship. And then one day just like something switches and you're like, wait, I thought we were happy. I yeah. thought, and I can't imagine that feeling of, you have all those happy, good emotions. And then out of nowhere, something switches. And so like you had said, part of you still wanted to be like... A hundred percent, you're clinging to that mm -hmm. happiness that you felt. And for me, my situation was a little bit unique because I had, you know, ended my engagement at the beginning of this year. And I was really nervous about getting back into dating and I wasn't looking to date. And this kind of just like fell into my life. And it was like the happiest I had been in so long. And I was like, oh my gosh, like God mm -hmm. is delivering me what I have been praying for. You know, mm -hmm. the universe is rewarding me for stepping into my truth and ending my engagement. We'll have to say there was nothing wrong with my relationship then. Just wasn't the one. But um, yeah, I was so happy and I was clinging to that happiness for dear life and definitely making excuses even once the truth came out because, yeah, you have all of those happy emotions and it's hard to believe mm -hmm. that they could just completely be a different person or lie to you or want to manipulate you or take advantage of you and you really put yourself at the center of it and, mm -hmm. you know, you're like, why would they do this to me? I've done nothing to them or I've been nothing but loving to them, shown them grace, shown them forgiveness. And I think something that a lot of women struggle with, I'm sure, because this is something that I struggled with, like I said, was putting yourself at the center of it. Mm. And it's really hard thing to accept that it isn't about you. This is them. Like, this is a them problem. And it's just, it's really hard to accept that. But once you can, it's very freeing. And you have to stop. You really do have to stop, you know, trying to change things about yourself. Because then you think maybe it will make him treat you better or, mm -hmm. you know, things like that. What would you say to someone who just thinks they can, we've all been there. I've been there. I'm sure you've Think been Think you can there. change someone? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> you already knew. <laughs> yeah. You know, you can't. So, because this is the thing is that people, people can change. I wholeheartedly believe that people can change, but they have to want to change for themselves. Mm -hmm. I wouldn't want somebody to change only because they were changing for me. Mm -hmm. I want them to change because they want to be a better person. So, I mean, I just, it's hard to let go of that thought mm -hmm. that you can be the one to change somebody but do you really want to be the one to change somebody mm -hmm. or do you want somebody who's already whole yeah you know it's like I I mean I always have prided myself on my selflessness I think it's like like one of my best qualities but I also am somebody who is like selfless to my own demise so mm -hmm. at my own detriment you know and it's just at what point is it worth you risking your own peace and your own happiness you're breaking yourself to put someone else back together you know totally and I think when you when someone changes for you and you're constantly like if someone's in a relationship where you're constantly saying no you need to do this you need to change you need to do this better you need to do that better and they do it for you they will resent they you will later, resent you 100 percent. yeah because they didn't Absolutely. do it for them people have to change for themselves or it will come to bite you yeah and they will hold it against you as well. Like, mm -hmm. I did this for you. You know, I, I changed this for you. And mm -hmm. then then you're going to feel resentful towards them because you're going to feel like, well, you should have wanted to change yeah. that, you know? Yeah, it's such a sad situation to be in. And you've been there before. I've been there before. I'm sure so many people listening have been there before. And it's so hard to not blame yourself yeah. when a relationship goes south. Yep. Even when you're confident in your decision, it's still really hard to not be like, how did I, could I have noticed that earlier? Should yeah. I have done this? Like, did you experience that at all? Oh, oh, absolutely. And especially if it's somebody who feels so confident in yourself and you do feel so worthy um, and you know this about yourself and you know what you bring to the table and what you offer and you're very confident in that. 
you still feel that way. You still feel mm -hmm. embarrassed and ashamed and broken down. And I, I absolutely felt that way. And I think just because someone mistreated you and misled you, that doesn't take away how you feel about them. And I'm sure that's very hard to move on from someone that, wait, I can't pretend I still don't have these emotions for this person. You can't just flip a switch and turn your emotions off. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Especially if you, you know, are in love with someone. Yeah, you, you can't just turn that off overnight. It And it's so it's really hard. It's really hard and it takes a really strong person, you know, to be able to recognize that. And, you know, this is the thing. It's like you can break up with somebody and have the courage to walk away from them and still love them and still miss them and mm -hmm. just know that they're not right for you. The right person at the wrong time is yeah. still the wrong person. Absolutely. So if people have their own self-healing journey to do and they're not ready to be in a relationship and you guys both go into it knowing that, you're going to have some bumps along the road. Yeah. Well, and then honestly, for my, in my instance, I didn't even have that. I mean, when we entered into the relationship, I was very open and upfront about my intentions. You know, mm -hmm. I was like, I'm not looking to just casually date. I'm looking for a life partner. If you're not aligned with that, like that's mm -hmm. totally fine. We can just, you know, end things now. Like I am looking, I want to get married. I want to have children. I want to start a family. And he was like, no, I am completely aligned with all of that. I want all of that with you very early on telling me these things, which probably should have been my first red flag. I also mm -hmm. have a tendency to try to love the red flags out of people <laughs> and oh think, gosh. think that if I just <laughs> show them enough love, yeah. um, that it will help. But that's a female thing. Like we talked about this before, like we're naturally more nurturing yeah. and like feel like we have this like this need and want and desire to like help someone move past something that they're struggling with. Absolutely. Well, and I also am like, this is kind of what I do in my career. Mm -hmm. So why would I think I can't do it in my relationship? Yeah, that's so good. <laughs> it's just kind of my nature of who mm -hmm. I am. I'm very much so like, I'm a Virgo, I'm an earth sign, I'm a healer. Mm -hmm. And especially when I care about somebody, if I see them going through something, even if I know that it's a them problem and that it's a personal self-healing journey, my heart still hurts for them. Mm -hmm. um, and I still want to help them. And I have a tendency to not remove myself from relationships or toxic friendships or whatever it may be. Because um, I just am like, I'm not going to give up on this person. Mm -hmm. You used the word love bomb earlier and <laughs> before the show. And can you explain what that is? Okay, well, I guess we're having different Different definitions. Yes. But yours is probably correct. I've okay. just heard I mean, this word I don't know. Listen, a couple days I'm ago. Like, I'm, I'm a millennial, okay? Same. I don't even have TikTok, so. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I'm only I don't know if this is like a Gen Z term or something like that. I'm sure um, it is. Probably. But I'm under the impression that love bombing is when someone speaks to you in the beginning of the relationship in a way that makes you feel like they're already falling in love with you telling you things like you're the one I've never met anyone like you inviting you on vacations like big steps from mm -hmm. the beginning um, to make you think that they're falling in love with you but they're to not to hook you it's like a, a form of manipulation oh yeah because it's the end of the day like every woman wants to feel like a man is falling in love with her mm -hmm. they know that <laughs> it's not a secret yeah um, they know that that sounds like the correct definition yeah and you feel like you were love bombed yeah it's so, yeah, it's just Love such bond, a... gaslighted, lighted to, manipulated, all of the things. I was, and like I said, I was literally blissfully unaware. Yeah. It happens to the best of us. It like, really it does. Don't think, don't, don't put the blame on yourself. You're not weak. You're not, you mm -hmm. know, not smart because someone did this to you. Yeah. You know, 
it, this is a them issue. It's not a you issue. There's nothing wrong with you. Yeah. But you can be smart enough to learn from it or to learn from other people's mistakes. And if you start to recognize those signs or those patterns happening in your current situation, talk to people about it, you know, be like, mm-hmm. hey, like, do you think this person's intentions are pure? Do you think this is real? Ta- you got to talk to people. So I, what would you say now that like being on the outside of it, what do you think were maybe red flags in the beginning that you maybe missed? And what red flags would you warn anyone listening about if they're in a current relationship where maybe their their gut is telling them something's off, but they're convincing themselves otherwise? For instance, things like um, never having me over to his house always coming to mind. I just thought that it was... Sketch. No, I didn't think it was sketch. I thought it was like sweet because he lived... He didn't mm-hmm. live in L.A. And so I was like, oh, he's really putting the effort out to always come to me rather than me driving to him. That's such a nice personality trait you have. <laughs> I would be the exact same. I was like, wow, he really cares. Mm-hmm. Like, he is literally driving out here all the time. This is mm-hmm. so nice. I think so, yeah, people not introducing you to other people in their life. That was, like, another thing that I would bring up all the time. Like, I, I just thought it was weird. How have I not met your friends or things like that? Or some other, the love bombing is definitely red flags. Like Mm -hmm. people who are just saying too much too soon, lied about social media. They always have an Instagram. They They always always have have one. one. Gosh, never trust a guy who says he doesn't have social media. He's got something. Bet you he's got something. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's just hard because, like I said, I didn't see there wasn't really like major red flags. Mm -hmm. Um, It wasn't until I found out that it kind of all of the lies started spewing out, and I was like, oh my gosh, this person has literally like lied. And this person would like the lengths that he would go to Mm. for his lies, like the stories that he would make up and create up like on the spot so quick you would believe them because they're like you can't put this much detail into a lie yeah no the more detail i swear (laughs) the worse it is yeah that's i mean that's like a true sociopath i know like people who can just make up full stories on the like fly like that like full stories like and like i said a lot of detail and be able to date you for months without feeling any sort of like you know remorse remorse you know i mean obviously he he claimed that it ate him alive but like not enough to tell me the truth yeah (laughs) excuse me sir yeah if you do catch somebody lying like the way that they react to it says a lot Mm -hmm. so you know are they do, do they look like they genuinely feel sorry? Are they taking accountability and responsibility for the lie? Or are they trying to come up with excuses? Or defensive. are they trying to be defensive, turn things around? Um, yeah. What do you think is something that you've learned moving forward um, when you're ready to start dating again? Always hire a private investigator. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, may, oh I might gosh. not be kidding. Um, you know, I think that... For me, I have realized that this is a personality trait of mine, but I tend to give people the benefit of the doubt and Mm -hmm. I tend to give people, you know, my love and my trust too, too quickly without them, you know, showing that they've earned it first. And that's something I'm going to be very cautious and wary of moving forward. I, like I said, when I care about somebody, I'm very all in and I will go to great lengths for the people that I care about. But I, I do, I give that away too quickly without someone showing me that they have earned it and that they're worthy of it so I think you know like I said especially as women like we start getting into relationship we're excited about it we want to start doing all the wifey we're things all emotion we're all yes. emotion we want to do all the wifey things all the cute things like roll it back like mm-hmm. you know like really really take your time to see if somebody is worth worth it mm-hmm. they have to earn it they have to earn it you can't just give that away freely 
Yeah, something I uh, I think I watched like a a sermon or something where this pastor talked about treating dates as interviews. So he basically said like, if this person is, and this is like kind of off topic, but if this person is showing up and they're like, put no effort in, they're looking, you know, lazy, whatever it may be, didn't put themselves to, put, didn't put any effort into it. If this person showed up to a job interview like that, would they get a, a hundred percent, a second interview? Right. And treat each date like that. How much effort are they, are they putting in? Are they being honest? Are they being honorable? Are they being respectful? All these things up front. But again, it just goes back to like, if they're because that good so of a sometimes they're, they're Sometimes they are doing that. Exactly. And they're still a liar because that's what happened to me. That's what I'm saying. It's this, the scary situations are the ones where they are all of those things. They are. They're charismatic. Mm-hmm. They respect you. They're sweet. They're Thoughtful, humble, all of the things. Um, they go to That's church with you. They went to church with me. I really thought I was in a healthy relationship. Yeah. But also, I will say, I did this when I um, ended my engagement, and I did it again after this relationship ended, and it's a list that keeps growing, and I think it's, I'm such a big proponent of having the list. Mm. Literally, take some time one night and write down... A non-negotiable list. A list of Huge everything you want in a man, and I mean, be picky. Mm-hmm. Every single thing you can think of, and like, pray over it. Okay, mm-hmm. manifest it. Like, I, I'm such a big proponent of this. And it also really helps you to hone in when you're mm-hmm. dating, like to very quickly weed people out. Like you, and it's like, you know, it sounds a little cliche. This person checks all my boxes, but it's not necessarily about that. It's really about you having just a clear vision of what you are looking for in a relationship, in a partner. And it can be down to the silliest you know, I don't think it's thing. cliche at all. I think it's because this is the thing is there's not going to be a one person who checks all of your boxes. There is no person who checks mm-hmm. every single box. We're all humans. We all have flaws. No one's perfect. But like I said, it really does help you to be clear and concise when you're dating about yeah. what you're looking for. Because I think so many people are just kind of dating and they don't actually really know. Yeah. They think they know. But when you really put pen to paper and you start to write it down and you can see it all in front of you, you're like, all right, this is it. And I'm not settling. Yeah. And I, I really do think it's possible. Like I had a non-negotiable list um, before I met Nico and he did check off every box. But I think the issue with people who are writing these lists is, yes, you can be specific, but like, OK, he has to be six, four, but you meet the perfect guy. He has, <laughs> he has every character trait, but he's not six, four. So you're ditching him like that's ridiculous. Yeah. That like I think physical traits like no they may not check every box of that but I do think like have well I mean I think put your list put your when you write your list out prioritize it you know physical traits can be on there for sure put them towards the bottom of the list though I mean my list it can literally be something as silly as like I hope that we share the same taste in movies like whatever it is that was my list like (laughs) my list literally said passionate in all that he does when I say my husband is the most passionate man in literally, ever, I can't even watch sports with him because he's so passionate about it. To it's just next level. But I'm like, okay, God, like I prayed for this, you delivered. Yeah. I'm not gonna be, I'm not gonna be rude. You know, I'm gonna accept it. I'm gonna love him for it. But I do feel like you know, God knows the desires of our hearts, and I feel like He really does want to give us everything on that list and to not settle and. You touched earlier, you had said, you you know, you were engaged and it just wasn't for you. There was nothing wrong. What would you say? Can you offer any advice on settling? Because it sounds like you were in a situation where. 
Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think it's um, for anyone who is listening who might be in a similar situation to that. Um, it's a really hard thing to do. Sometimes it's harder to walk away from a relationship when there's nothing wrong. Yeah. Um, and kind of like what I said earlier, that your gut feelings are like guardian angels. There was just something in my gut that was telling me that there was something missing. Um, parts of our lifestyles that just didn't line up. And I wasn't feeling 100% fulfilled. And I was kind of convincing myself, you know, to stay because I was like, he's such a good guy. He loves me so much. We don't argue like, you know, we have, it's comfortable. We have a healthy relationship. There's no conflict. And I was factoring in my age. I was like, I'm 32. Am I really going to leave my fiance and start over? But I just got to the point where I couldn't ignore my gut feelings anymore. And I just knew, I just knew that it wasn't something I was going to feel fulfilled and happy with for the rest of my life. And that I, couldn't marry this person. I didn't want to be five years down the road married with kids and then, you know, still feeling this way Mm -hmm. and then going through a divorce and all of those things. And so um, I just made the really tough call to walk away from it. And I stepped into such a season of happiness after I did that. It was rough. But for anyone who is struggling with settling, like you just have to know that I really do believe that the universe rewards you for stepping into your truth. Mm. And there's no better feeling than taking your happiness into your own hands. And it's such a power move. And it is going to be tough when you're going through the thick of it. But once you get through the other side, you're you're like literally step into a new version of yourself. And you're Mm -hmm. like, I did that. That was really hard. And Mm -hmm. I did that. And it just kind of shows that you can apply that to any area of your life. You Mm -hmm. really have the power to take anything in your life into your own hands. Yeah. And I think settling for less than what you know you deserve and not even that, but like you said, like you knew in your gut. And I think that's a really hard, it's hard for people to step out of comfortability into the unknown. Yeah. But I think the most change happens when we're uncomfortable absolutely, and in spaces where we aren't familiar Absolutely, because we have to evolve. Like we have to to navigate it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. And so kudos to you for stepping out and, you know, leaving something that was healthy and comfortable because you knew that wasn't what, you know, deep in in your gut that you wanted. Yeah. And I think that's will be super encouraging to anyone listening because I feel like settling is such a common thing these days. Everyone is just settling because they're comfortable and they treat them good. And you just you feel the pressure, too. I mean, it was like I was like, am I going to blow up my life? Am I going to lose mutual friends? And what my parents going to think? And again, I'm in my 30s. I'm in my 30s. All of the things Mm -hmm. I had every reservation that you could imagine. Of course, I felt and I just I just did it anyway. Well, good for you because I feel like settling is just really uh, not stepping out and giving yourself the best you And once you... Once you do it once where you're like, I'm not settling. Now I'm like, now there's no way. Oh, yeah. No way in hell that I'm <laughs> yeah. settling ever. Okay. Like sh- if, I could, sh- if I would, could survive that, like, no. Mm-mm. Well, I'm holding out. I'm holding out. Yes, girl. Hold out for God's best. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So wrapping up, uh, what do you think is the best piece of advice you can give someone currently in any form of a toxic relationship? Whether that be verbal, emotional, physical, what, what would you say to them? Um, I would say first and foremost do not be embarrassed. I know it's so much easier said than done. Do not be embarrassed. Do not be ashamed. And I said this earlier, but talk to people, whether it's a therapist, if you really feel uncomfortable talking to friends or family, but my friends and family stepped up for me so massively this year through both of my breakups. And I really think I could not have gotten through it without them. Do not isolate yourself. Like do not, do not retreat and go into a shell. Um, You got to talk to people about it and, and, really try to take the blame off of yourself 
because I think that it, you just become a prisoner to your own mind that way. And it makes mm-hmm. it so much harder to leave when you think you're weak, when you think that it's mm-hmm. about you. It makes it so much harder to get out of the situation. You're not weak. It's not about you. It's them. That's so good. Yeah. What would you, what advice would you give someone struggling with their self-worth or confidence after leaving a toxic relationship? Oh man. Um, you know, something I'm still struggling with. Um, and honestly, my best advice would be therapy. I think mm-hmm. it's, it's really been so life-changing for me. And I'm so glad that the stigma around it, that negative connotation that people had to it for so long is changing and evolving. Um, prioritizing your mental health is the best thing that you could ever do. And therapy has helped me immensely, but kind of coming back, circling back to that same point that it's helped me to realize that it wasn't about me mm-hmm. and it was a them issue and that helps you to build your confidence back up when you realize it's like it's not that you're not worthy of being loved mm-hmm. or being valued you are worth all of those things it was just the wrong person you mm-hmm. your your worth is still there and it's yours to own do you think that tying it back to fitness that getting up and moving your body every day has has helped you i mean I mean, for me, I can't go a day without moving my body. It's like (laughs) truly a form of therapy for me. Mm -hmm. I love just blasting the music and Mm -hmm. sweating it out. She has the best workout playlist, guys. If I'm I'm (laughs) going to somehow link it. I really do. Because it's the best when I go to the gym. It's what I listen to. (laughs) I love it. Yeah, I mean, I love just picking up some weights and sweating it out, moving Mm -hmm. my body, listening to music. It's so therapeutic so so therapeutic to me and it's just like gosh you get to get out of your head for a little while you Mm -hmm. know and just kind of get into your body and move and it's great but yeah absolutely I love that it all ties back to like that's all gonna tie back into loving yourself more and building your self-confidence absolutely I love it thank you so much for sharing your story and for being vulnerable um, on the topic I really appreciate it and I really think it's gonna help so many people I hope so what do you, where can people find you? Where can they sign up for this? Like no excuses, uh, November. Hey. Do, do I need to sign up or what? <laughs> You're not going to show up. <laughs> oh my God. Challenge may be accepted. Challenge may be accepted. <laughs> um, well, all my social media is at Lindsay Herod and my website is lindsayherodfitness.com. And I go live every single day. You guys live stream classes. They cater to live all. Live with Lindsay. Yeah. Live with Lindsay. They cater to all fitness levels, all age groups. I literally have girls that are like in high school and college. And I have women that are literally 60 years old in my classes so it's that's an, incredible it's, it's incredible it's the like most amazing community of women it's such a safe and inclusive space it's so much fun yeah i love it thank you so much for being here today Thanks, Nicole. and we'll have you back when you're on the cover of shape magazine perfect can't wait yes <laughs> <laughs>